One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. This is it. The time has come. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night. And puts him down. With Adam Catterall. You're better than that. On TalkSport, the home of boxing. Well, it's actually me, Gareth O'Davis, rather than Adam Catterall. We join Adam in New York later. It's a massive night of fights all over the world tonight. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sports. There's a big night of boxing underway in Manchester as we speak. We'll hear from some of those involved in New York. As I say, at 11.30, Adam Catterall will join us to talk about the huge UFC event there involving Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. And in Las Vegas, even later, an even bigger fight between Saul Canelo Alvarez and Sergei Kovalev, with the Mexicans stepping up to a fourth weight division against a real, real standout champion to try and make history. In the studio with me tonight is Spencer Oliver, but take a listen to this. And he needed to wait till fresh and early on, and he has. Good one, two there from Cash, and now the goes down, and he's in trouble here. Legs are gone, legs are gone. Switch downstairs from Cullen as uh, Harding fell that one. Yeah. Harding's in trouble, and Bob Williams has done the absolutely the right thing there. And I think that it's going to be finished now. Right it is. And now the undisputed lightweight champion of the world, Katie Taylor. This is a huge opportunity for me to become a two-weight world champion. Is is history making for me and my country really and I'm very very aware of the challenge that Christina brings Murray backing up in trouble all over the place held up by the ropes there body shots wicked uppercut Murray finished done Crawler has broken him up Crawler will not be denied and Watson is having to fight on instinct now and that is the shot that Crawler's been looking for that's been coming and Richie Davis has ended the fight right there. It's all over. And the British champion is Anthony Crawler. Well, Spencer Oliver, uh, it's lovely to be here in the studio with you once more. And we are in the throes of a huge, huge night globally for fight sports. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well as always, Gareth. And yeah, brilliant to be here with you as well. Uh, in Manchester tonight, two very, very significant fights. Katie Taylor stepping up a weight division to light welterweight, as I call it. They call it super lightweight now. It's 140 pounds against Christina Linardatu. Yeah, she's in the uh, in her dressing room at the moment, about to make her walk to the ring at the Manchester Arena. Um, WBO total on t- title on the line. Only the third Irish person to have won uh, world titles in two weight divisions if she wins tonight. Um, it's a big, it's a big, big fight for her, this, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you said if she wins tonight because it is a serious test. It's a serious step up. We saw her in her last fight against um, Delphine um, Bassoon and, and it was a tough fight. It was a very close fight. A lot of people felt that it could have even gone the other way. So there's a lot of question marks over Katie Taylor at the moment. I think what she's done for women's boxing is incredible. She's completely put it on the map. She's an unbelievable fighter. But she's got a serious test tonight, Gareth. She really has. This is a tough ask. 
definitely and we will be bringing you uh, not round by round but we'll be telling you what's going on in that one I think it's 10 two minute rounds of course with women in the championship fights and the last walk to the ring the last lonely walk to the ring tonight for a great servant of British and world boxing his 45th contest million dollar Anthony Crawler um, a very emotional night and he told me this week Spencer that the key thing tonight is not to think about that he's got to keep his emotions uh, in check because uh, the guy that's coming to challenge him, Frank Urquiaga, was up there earlier in the week. He looks primed, he looks very physical and, and, and Anthony can't think about this being his last contest, but, uh, although he's got to use that kind of emotion and energy for the fight itself. Ten three-minute rounds, this one. Yeah, it's a difficult. This is a you know this is a big night for Anthony Crawler. It really is. I mean, he's had an amazing career. I will go right back to when he boxed. He first burst onto the scene beating Michael Brody many years ago, and he's been a great servant to the game. He really has. Jorge Linares was another great fight. We saw him last time out against Lomachenko, where he was out of his depth. He lost the fight in four rounds, and and he deserves a farewell contest in Manchester, where it all began. And I I expect him to put on. A big performance up here. I mean, he's he looks incredible shape, and he's been Joe Gallagher's been doing amazing work with him. And um, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a farewell to Anthony Crawler, and I think he deserves this night. I really do, and I think he's been an amazing servant to the sport. And listen, Gareth, I think that he's got a career in the sport after his boxing's finished and I'm glad that he's bailing out the way that he is you know just having this one last fight against a quite a tough opponent but one that he should win um, and should look good in doing so and yeah it'll be, it'll be um, it's a, it's a, it'll be a, a great night of boxing it really will I'm pointing it at you now Million Dollar Crawler his book uh, with Don McGuinness written last year um Million Dollar Crawler, good guys can win. And I think that epitomises him. We're going to talk more about Anthony in the upcoming sections and also about Katie Taylor. Um, it's also, just to just to cap the night, um, as I said, uh, we'll go over to, to Adam Catterall in New York at 11.30 for a half an hour special from Madison Square Garden with... Uh, the British uh, UFC fighter, mixed martial artist Darren Till facing Kel Kelvin Gastelum at middleweight in a fight. I cannot wait to see. And also for the BMF belt, we're not allowed to say those words out loud, but the bad MF belt they've created for Nate Diaz, one of the um, kind of underground heroes of mixed martial arts. You, have you heard of Nate Diaz? Yeah, you know, of course. You know I've seen Nate is. Diaz, yeah. yeah. There was a time when you weren't an MMA guy, but but it's spread. it's come to you and you enjoy it now, don't it's, you? It's not that I'm not an MMA my A guy. It's just that there's so much boxing on and I'm so focused on boxing that that's what I, I I genuinely watch. But I do like the sport and I think it's growing all the time. I think the fighters are getting better all the time and Diaz is an incredible fighter. He's yeah. tough. I love it the way that he fights with his heart on his sleeve. He's always in exciting fights and yeah, I, I enjoy it. And he is up against uh, Jorge Masvidal at about 2-3 in the morning in New York. Um, Jorge Masvidal, I did a massive interview with him recently for the cover of Fight only magazine and uh, he's an amazing character he started off street fighting with Kimbo Slice one of my great heroes in mixed martial arts you used to shout at me I was working for the dark side years ago when uh, <laughs> when I used to do the ground cover the, the, the fights that went to the ground no because there is a thing in boxing the purest boxer will never hit a man when he's down mm -hmm. and that's the, that's why the two sports have still have a divide it's apparently 15% is the crossover between people that actually like both sports but I I think that's changing, Spencer, with the new generation. But not only that, probably the biggest fight of the night, which I must mention before we go to the break, is uh, Sergei Kovalev uh, defending his light heavyweight title belt. We last saw him in action against the British hackney fighter uh, Anthony Yard in, in a terrific fight uh, where... The Russian almost caved in in the in the ninth round or the seventh round actually, um, with from body shots from Anthony, um, and he's up against the probably the most famous, the most box office fighter in the world at the moment, Saul Canelo Alvarez Canelo, of course, meaning cinnamon in Spanish, because he looks like an Irishman with it with his ginger hair and his thick set net neck and he's he's got irish looks but that is a terrific fight with canelo stepping up probably two weights above his natural weight yeah it certainly is i mean canelo 
people have seen him over the years and he's been an incredible fighter. He really has jumping through the weight divisions. Now he's going up to the light heavyweight division to take on one of the all-time greats in the light heavyweights in Sergei um, Kovalev. And yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great contest and it's an intriguing contest because... Kovalev last time out, we did see the cracks appearing. We saw Yard, I think it was round eight, actually, Gareth, where Yard was... It was the eighth round he went to yeah, his body, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, he was probably three punches away from victory. I think inexperienced lost Anthony Yard that fight. He will come again. I think he proved himself on the world level in that fight. But Kovalev, for me, looked fragile at times. You're listening to Fight Night here on TalkSport with me, Gareth Davis, Spencer Oliver in the studio with me. Uh, Spence, we are talking Katie Taylor, who is now 14-0 in her career. She's fighting Christina Linardatu tonight, right now as we speak at the Manchester Arena. But the thing is, I want to talk about Taylor for a minute. She's she's just had... Uh, she's been having a, in the break between the fourth and the fifth rounds. A horrible swelling, big hematoma on her right eye. But she, I think she's, she's outboxing Christina, who is the WBO light welterweight champion. But She's giving her a very torrid time, the, uh, the the Greek girl. Like, she's very ebullient, very aggressive, very bullish, isn't she? Yeah, she certainly is. Lilardin, too, is pushing forward like she... We always knew she was going to. You know, Katie Taylor's stepped up to super lightweight, trying to win a world title for a second time, and she's not having it all her own way. You're right, Gareth. She's dominating with the better boxing skills, boxing on the outside, working behind the jab. But Christina is getting closer. She's swinging those hooks around. And that eye does look bad. There's a bad mm. swelling over the eye of Katie Taylor and Christi Christina Leonardo too is pushing forward and closing that space. And she's really kind of loading up with the big right hands and the left hook as much as possible is the Greek girl. I just wonder, I was a terrific... Uh, uh, one two from Katie Taylor there, and some great action from her there. Um, as we fall into commentary mode in the studio, Spencer. Um, look, here's the here's the thing. Um, we wondered before the show even. Katie's 33 now. She's won 18 medals uh, as as an amateur boxer, an Olympic medal, uh, gold medal in London, six world titles. She she was a professional footballer. Uh, sorry, a, a footballer for the senior women's Irish team, semi-professional footballer. She's 33 now she's put so much of her life into boxing and on the 1st of June when Anthony Joshua uh, lost to Andy Ruiz at Madison Square Garden she fought on that undercard against Delphine Persoon and had life and death for 10 rounds with the Belgian policewoman didn't she and and you just wonder what that fight might have taken out of her and I wonder if we're seeing that a little bit tonight whether a little bit of that tensile strength from Katie that desire to stand toe to toe isn't quite so much there she's being much more savvy getting on her bike, circling more. Yeah, she certainly is. She's, she's using all her boxing knowledge here, boxing skills, slipping, sliding, trying to keep the fight long. But you're right, Delphine Bassoon, give her a torrid time back Very in Very physically strong, awkward angles she created, the Belgian woman, didn't she? She did, and she caught Katie Taylor a lot as Taylor was coming in. I think Katie was trying to impress at Madison Square Garden, trying to... Trying to Put in a great performance, but but it was it was a difficult night for her, and, and you have to wonder what is taken out of her because she is struggling here. Well, Katie Taylor, she's winning the fight. By the way, she is winning the fight but she's not having it all her own way. Yeah, well, they both looked very tired, very fatigued in that round. Um, even Leonardo, too, took a little break and had, had a little standoff for a bit. Look, let's talk about Katie um, with five rounds done and we're in the break between the fifth and the sixth. Um, let's talk a little bit about Katie. Um, she is an extraordinary talent. She is someone who's pioneered women's boxing. She's one of the reasons along with the likes of Clarissa Shields the American middleweight um, who, and Nicola Adams to a certain extent, although her career has been very stop-start, the double Olympic gold medalist from Great Britain at flyweight. Um, I'd say Katie Taylor and Clarissa Shields are the two women who've really put women's boxing on the map. And when, when it hasn't really managed to have a foothold anywhere, Taylor wins tonight. They're looking to main event her over in 
Boston, over in New York, where she's got a huge following. Not Ireland at the moment. Eddie Hearn signed up Cecilia Breakers recently. There's a fight with Amanda Serrano there, an eight-weight world champion. Uh, Holly Holm could come back from the UFC, uh, a, a multiple champion in boxing as well. There's lots of opportunities for super fights, but it depends how long her body can hold out. Absolutely. I mean, there's some huge fights out there for her, and you're right in, in the fact that she has pioneered women's boxing. She's taking it to another level. Her, um, Katie Taylor um, as, as, and Nicola Adams are standouts in this country, what they've achieved as amateurs, what they've achieved as pros. And if you go into the amateur gyms now, by the way, you go in there. Now, when I was boxing, there was no women in the gyms at all. Now you go in there and, and it's polluted with women. Polluted? Polluted with women. You're not allowed to say polluted, <laughs> you, mean in the best, you mean in the best sense of the words. <laughs> yes. It's not pollution. <laughs> it's, no, it's not pollution. But in the best... <laughs> what I'm saying is there's loads of them. It's replete with yeah, women, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's loads of them there. And, and it's like... Yeah, it, it's... It's incredible what these girls have done for the sport. And I think the women's boxing is going from strength to strength. I never used to like watching it, by the way. Um, and I watch it now... And, you can't and get I enough quite of enjoy it. it. I quite enjoy it. I can't take my eyes off this fight at the moment. It's a real cracker going on here with Katie Taylor, and, the, and both guys are giving it everything. Listen, uh, Talk Sports' Dominic McGuinness spoke to the unified lightweight world champion Katie earlier this week, and here's what she had to say. Like Crawler, he can't let emotion get in the way, but you can't look beyond this either. This is a, obviously it's a step up to super lightweight in a world title, but uh, 2020, as Eddie's already pointed out, could be amazing with, with Brecos, potentially Serrano, other fights, and girls like Chantal Cameron that, that are desperate to fight you as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge year for me, but first and foremost, I have to get past Christina for those fights to be available to me. I can't take anyone for granted, and I just take one fight at a time, really, but... Um, once I do get past we've seen it, there's definitely huge fights out there for me 2020 could be a huge year for me how do you think the strength is at the moment we're hearing a lot these days about women's boxing and you're seen as pretty much the flagship of the sport you know again you have the belts in the lightweight division you're stepping up now to claim more titles you're seen as as the pinup if that's the right way you've put in it I mean do you feel that it, it is definitely stronger now and it is growing the right way it definitely is uh, women's professional boxing has never been stronger really and you're you're seeing female fights in every single boxing card right now, which is which is incredible. It's not news anymore to have these female fights um, on the cards, and um, it's definitely getting stronger and stronger. People are interested in the fights, and um, the fact that I'm actually headlining this show as well is it, it affirms that really. So it definitely is getting stronger and stronger, and the fact that we're we're making these big fights happen as well. These are fights that people are actually interested in, and we have these platforms and Sky Sports and the Zone, whatever. Um, so people for the first time are seeing the best of women's boxing, which is which is what the sport needs. Do you think, Spencer, that Katie's move up one weight division, is it that Breakers, for example, Cecilia Breakers, the first lady of boxing they call her, who's a welterweight, will need to come down in weight? Because I think, for me, what we're seeing tonight with Katie, she's up a weight division, she's still very fast, she's using her footwork. Her footwork is, in fact, is the thing that's keeping her in this fight, frankly. Because in a toe-to-toe slugging match against this woman who's like a, a, a mini Mike Tyson, isn't she, in many ways? Like, very ebullient, bullish, um, trying to get in close, rolling in and trying to throw big, big left hooks and right hands. Um, is this the limit for Katie in terms of weight? Well, I'm not sure. I think we've seen Serena go through through the weight divisions, and I think that Katie Taylor can as well. Now, the reason I think that she can is not because of the strength strength thing, because you're right. You know, you can see the strength is diff the difference here. But Katie Taylor's boxing IQ is incredible. You know, the speed of foot, speed of hand. I mean, she's just she's just leagues above everyone else, and I think that's becoming evident in this um, contest. She's sort of. As this contest is unfolding, she's starting to get into a rhythm. She's picking her shots. She's moving lovely, moving her feet really well. And it's, it's turning into a great performance. So, Gareth, I think she can go through the weight divisions. I really can. I think she can move up to welterweight. And I think she can win a world title there. But I think we're well on the way. We're in round seven now, just coming towards the end. And we're well on the way to seeing Katie Taylor lift a world title at a second 
weight division. Yeah, and, and becoming the only or the third Irish person to hold uh, world titles in two weight divisions after the great Steve Collins uh, back in the 80s, early 90s. And of course, um, Carl Frampton, a very much a modern hero for the Irish boxing fans winning world titles in two weight divisions. Um, I do agree with you. I think Katie has boxed brilliantly in the last couple of rounds, but it's still a physical battle. I'm not sure I agree with you. I think, look, I think there's huge uh, mega nights to be made for her and Eddie Hearn is clearly seeking that but I just wonder whether physically she's she's going to be able to do it because um, she for me like you say the box, look at that brilliant um, jab and, and, and move circling to her right there to make uh, Leonardo to look, look like a kind of it's a bull and a matador in there at the moment isn't it yeah it certainly is I think that the skill set of both girls Leonardo too is very physically strong but she's not in the same league as Katie Taylor as far as skill set goes. Taylor's hand speed is brilliant. The punch selection is brilliant. The foot movement's brilliant. And she's just fell into a rhythm now. And she's boxing beautifully. And um, this is Katie Taylor at her best. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe Ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Try to take Fury out once and for all. Tyson. Fury hit him. Down goes Strowman. Fury hit him with a right. And Strowman may be out. A count of nine. Strowman's going to lose. Be a TKO. Tyson Fury with the win at Crown Jewel. It was a fantastic experience. You know, I never doubted myself. I trained hard for this. I want to thank my team. I want to thank my uh, promotional team. I want to thank all the managers and all the trainers. I want to thank the WWE for the uh, opportunity. Thank you very much, and I'll see you all on the other side. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport Now. Special revelation about uh, Mr. Spencer Oliver tonight. He did something which I think is heinous within boxing. No, he did a great thing, really. I've got to say that. He promoted these two YouTube sensations, KSI and Logan Paul, in their first fight. Spence, you created a monster. Tell us all about how you put those two together, first of all. Right, so basically I met 
with the agent Stuart Jones. Um, I actually, before the KSI Logan Paul fight, I'd done the KSI versus Joe Weller fight. Of course, you did as well. So yes, I, put, yes. I, I basically started off boxing with, with YouTubers. So they're agents. White collar YouTubers? Yeah, is it white collar YouTubers? That was, that was all white collar. And yeah. this is where I'm going to get to, Gareth. So when we'd done it, Stuart Jones, the agent, rang me up and said, Spencer, we've got these two kids, KSI versus Joe Weller. I've never heard of them. And he said, We want to put on a boxing event. They're YouTubers. I went, Okay, great. He said, What are you doing with boxing with the stars? with Jake Wood can you do it for these kids because you were going to do um, Emily um, Eubank uh, Chris Eubank's daughter against Paul Gascoigne's daughter Bianca Gascoigne we was, one yeah. time weren't you we was, I they think they were talking. signed up weren't they at well, one point they, they was talking about it Emily definitely wanted to do it and I think Bianca was not so keen um, because you were, that's the because way you the were name. going with it all wasn't it yeah, that's absolutely. the way you were going with it all it, it, was, a, it was a new venture for you I yeah, remember yeah we've done yeah. Wayne Bridge Box Jake Wood Box so anyway Stuart Bridgie Jones was alright wasn't yeah, he yeah he was very good Yeah, Stuart Jones come to me about putting on this event mm. I'd never heard of these kids these, the YouTubers are a new world to me and he said um, we've got the we've got the um, stadium booked etc etc I said well, where are we doing this fight mate and he said we're doing it at a copper box I went yeah. whoa whoa Stuart listen that's 7,000 seats, mate. You can't do it. He went, oh, no, all the tickets are sold. We just don't know how to put on the event. <laughs> so I was like, let me Google these kids in. And I was like, wow, 25 million subscribers. I didn't know anything about it. It was, an, it was a new world to me. So we put on the first event. It was a massive success. Then all of a sudden, we get KSI versus Logan Paul. They're, they're having a bit of banter. They book out the um, MEN Arena, Manchester Arena. They book out the arena and... They sold 20,000 seats. Within a couple of Within hours, Within a couple though, of hours. It? Yeah. And it was like, to, to explain what this was like, it was like something you'd never been to before. Now, me and you have covered a lot of boxing shows over, over the years. So I turned up at this event that we'd organised, we'd put on. We've got 20,000 kids ranging from sort of 16, 17 down to 12, 13. And it was like, if you could imagine, it was like you had slipped into a coma for 20 years come out and when you've got out you're, you're wrapped around thousands of stars but you don't know who any of them are mm. so there was myself there was Jake Wood we had Anthony Yard there and these kids were all running past us screaming and they were going to these little YouTubers who I'd never seen before and it was just an extraordinary event and straight away then I went I know there's a market for this because it was it was incredible I think they sold 1.8 million um, sales on pay-per-view about 2 million of them um, illegally um, streamed it. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. And they had about a billion views on it since then over, over, the, over the platforms. It was something quite extraordinary. So I always knew it was going to go somewhere else. And it's funny because Eddie Hearn was there when I was putting this event on saying, oh, this is terrible for boxing. I remember. This yes. is really bad. But what, we, what I tried to put, the point I tried to put across was, yeah, but this is white-collar boxing. These kids are dipping their toe into it, fancy, wanting to do it. And this is the difference between what's going on now. They wanted to do it, and there was a fun factor about it. There was loads of kids there, and it was all fun. Now we've got KSI Logan Paul 2, and they're now boxing professionally. Now, that, that, that's a different dynamic. Right, well, let's talk about that, because obviously they fight each other at the Staples Centre in Los Angeles on a professional boxing card next weekend as the headliners with the likes of Billy Joe Saunders uh, um, on the undercard. It's a weird thing to say out loud. Um, not everybody in the boxing world agrees with it. Um, earlier this week, for example, Talk Sports' Dominic McGuinness spoke to Katie Taylor, and she certainly isn't a fan of the KSI Logan Paul bouts. Here's what she had to say. I'm not really too sure what I, uh, what to think of the, the Logan fight. What's what he was Logan Paul and Kessa. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I, I think it makes a mockery of the sport, um, and that these two YouTubers are are headlining a big show. But it's all about business as well. I understand that, but um, um, I just I'm just interested in the in the purity of the sport. I love. Um, fires going toe to toe together, and this is this is our lives. Really, this is something that, that we've trained towards since we're 10 or 11 years of age. We've we've had these amateur competitions. We stood in the dress room, and not knowing who we're going to fight in these amateur competitions. We've we put our bodies on the line week in week out for years and years now. So, um, I just love I love the fight game. I love the purity of the sport, and there's something very noble about going going in in the trenches against your opponent. So. I, I just I just love that that side of the sport really. I, I don't want I don't like the other side of it. Um, you know, the stunts or anything. But um, I just want I just want to see good fights really. There you go, Spencer. 
um, a professional boxer who doesn't agree, and let's get into this, who I, I was very unsure about it, first of all, about, about them headlining, but Eddie's made a case for it. Billy Joe Saunders, Devin Haney, who's on the card, a very, very brilliant young lightweight from America who we'll hear a lot about. They have no objection to it. They're saying it could bring new fans to the sport. I have some reservations, but I'm going for a week, by the way. I'm I'm going to be going and treating it like a major event. Katie not happy about it. I can totally understand that. Now, like Katie was saying in that interview there, she was talking about, you know, she's been training since she was a young kid. You know, they they, they put their, their lives into it. They put their hearts and their souls into it. And what Katie's trying to, the point she's trying to put across is, listen, we've got a couple of YouTubers here who have not been boxing, been boxing a year or so, and all of a sudden they're headlining, headlining um, an event at the Staples Centre. And I, I totally understand where Katie's coming from. Now, a lot of boxers that I speak to, in fact, all the boxers that I speak to, totally disagree with it, are totally not happy about this what, literally, situation. Literally, what, 95% of people 95% in the industry? 95% of them in the industry. So, you know, they've worked hard, Gareth, and they you know they, they get paid minimal money, and now mm. they've seen these kids coming in, and they've seen the figures that they're earning, the, you know, the numbers that they're pulling in. I but. You know, sort of on the flip side, I totally understand it. It's a new age of boxing. No, but it's They're also a market in. economy, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. That's, so, that that's the reason. So no, I get it. I do it, get it. it. But the, the, the market economy, there's always been what I might call freak shows or circus shows in boxing. There's a story about... Um, uh, the, the, the the great um, Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion in the world, coming over on a, uh, a boxing tour of Europe. And he fought a, gay, a guy called Cavan. And, and this guy was the French light heavyweight champion. He was the French light heavyweight champion because... Craven, sorry, who 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 he was he was a cousin of Oscar Wilde. He was the French light heavyweight champion because he was the only one that turned up for the tournament in France. So he was he was given the belt as the French light heavyweight champion. He agreed to fight Jack Johnson in a bull ring in Spain, a brand new bull ring. There were like ten thousand people who paid good money, and he curled up like an embryo. He is described as you know this is in, I think it was in the thirties or the twenties. He curled up like an embryo every time Johnson poured big, his big hands at him and he literally went down nine times in a couple of rounds and there was a riot in the bullring because people wanted to see a fight these kind of Wilt Chamberlain the 7 foot 4 basketball player was going to fight Muhammad Ali at one point they did a big photo shoot we've always seen this in history haven't we because these kind of I'm going to say freak shows, they sell. Even Mayweather against Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor was something of a freak show. But it fascinated the world, didn't it? It certainly did. And But what you've got here is two YouTubers, two huge... 40 million followers. Yeah, absolutely. 40, 40 million. million. And by the way, they will all... <laughs> to see the fight so the numbers are going to be incredible so you can't like Eddie said and I've seen Eddie say in previous previous interviews you know that he was totally against it when I was putting the event on but he said how can you ignore it you know when he saw the figures and saw the numbers now these kids have trained really hard by the way Logan's trained they like look a, in terrific shape he's trained so hard and KSI has trained so hard as well both guys have done it they've gone and got their licenses they've gone and got their professional li licenses out in the California State um, professional license and they're getting in there. But I tell you what they don't know, which they've done before. When we when, when I put the event on, I think they had 12-ounce gloves on and head guards. And KSI took a hell of a beating for two rounds. And he come back really well towards the end. And it was an illegitimate draw. But will he be able to withstand that sort of pressure with 10-ounce gloves on? Or had ten ounce gloves on and no head guards. God, yeah. It's a different ball game, and I can tell you that because I've sparred a lot with sixteen ounce gloves, fourteen ounce gloves, yep. and head guards. But when I fought with eight ounce gloves on, it's different it's chalk story. and cheese. It's, 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 it's different story. What do you think? Are you listening to this? What do you think about these guys, these YouTubers, these famous YouTubers who are gamers, basically fighting as professionals, licensed by the California State Athletic Commission? Text at Spencer Oliver, text at Gareth A. Davis DT, text at Talksport. Do you agree with this? Is it taking boxing down the wrong route? I think, in some ways, it is, but I don't think we'll ever get away from it. Last uh, week in Saudi Arabia, and he got no flack for it. 
Anthony Joshua is getting a lot of flack for fighting in Saudi Arabia against Andy Ruiz Jr. to try and retain the three world heavyweight title belts on December the 7th. Where did the Gypsy King go? He went to fight in the WWE. It's a similar kind of crossover. It, he's left boxing to join pro wrestling. Is it right? Is it a bit of fun? I think it was. He took to it because I said to him earlier in the week, I'm, I'd rather see you in that than Panto at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but is that, again, the similar thing? Tyson Fury crossing into the WWE is uh, to pro wrestling. Is that similar to KSI and Logan Paul coming into boxing? For me, no. And I'll tell you why it's not similar because KSI and Logan Paul coming into professional boxing is now serious. You know, this is a tough sport we're in. We know that. It's a blood sport. I'm you glad know, you're no saying this. This is what no I wanted from you. No gloves. This is now Inherent. serious. Danger. This is now serious. When I put that event on, it was fun. Now this has changed. It's now serious. Tyson Fury going out doing WWE in Saudi Arabia is fun. Fun, serious. Fun, serious. That's where we're at. So I totally get the Tyson Fury thing. He was never in any danger. It's all a bit of fun. It's all rehearsed. We know who's going to win. And that's, the, and that's the bottom line. KSI Logan Paul. And by the way, let me explain something else about this fight with KSI Logan Paul. There's... Two guys with huge egos in here and that are going to pull it all on the line. And they will go, they will walk through fire to get the victory here. Now, that is a serious thing because you know that, you know, it's, it's, this is this is the, this is a tough business we're in, and I think that's the worry for a lot of boxing fans out there and a lot of people in the boxing industry. Gareth, we've lost four people this year in, in the last in, four and a half in, months. In the yeah. last four and a half months. But let's so just say it properly. What I'm saying four is, a, in the last four and a half months, four boxers have lost their lives in mm. the ring. Yeah. as a result of boxing. Absolutely. So we, what, the point I'm making is we don't play boxing and this is the problem we've got with but two YouTubers sending, turning professional. But are we sending the wrong message to people by saying you can have a couple of fights, you can train for a couple of months and you can go and headline in a very serious fight where two people hate each other? Totally. Well, we're still here. We're still loving it. It's fight night. I'm Gareth A. Davis with me in the studio. My wingman, Spencer Norman Wisdom, in inverted commas, Oliver. It's the first time tonight you've said that, and I've been disappointed, actually, because you normally get it in way before you have. Can you do his walk? I Fall can. over the stairs I or can. down there. I know you can. I can. Now, listen, you've got brilliant balance. You always did as a boxer. I said I'd celebrate your career and your life. You had a horrific brain injury in a fight it's 22 years ago now is it yeah it was um well 21 years ago i think 21 is it almost dead and forgotten in your mind now no i live it every day i still live it every day believe it or not it doesn't seem that long ago it does sergey devakov That's was right. the opponent wasn't yep, it it was yeah it was one of those um yeah it's one of those things i don't think you ever get over i think you just learn to live with it but yeah, it doesn't seem to go own, away. Have you, have you faced your own mortality in that sense? 100%. I think I've sort of, um, yeah, I've, I've come to terms with it now. I think that that was the most difficult thing, coming to terms with it, just sort of trying to find direction in life, really, trying to work out what it was all about. But I've sort of seemed to have done that over the years. Um, I'm in a good place now. I'm working with Gareth A. Davis from time <laughs> to time, and that really picked me up. <laughs> um, look, uh, we're in the ninth round in Manchester, um, Spencer, with Anthony Crawler in his swan song fight, his 45th fight, his 14th event, by the way, that he's fought in in Manchester. Um, former world champion. We talked about how brilliant his career has been earlier on, how he's a good guy of boxing. He's in the ninth round against Frank Urquiaga. Um, and he, he's pretty much dominated. He's outboxed Urquiaga. Um, and to me, looks way ahead on the cards. It's a 10-round fight, and it will be tears and emotion, I think, with the Manc crowd. I think he's done enough, Crawler. I really do think he's done enough to win this one. There's a worried look on the face of trainer Joe Gallagher. Yeah, true. As is there of everybody around ringside, there's some nervous faces in there. Corolla doesn't look particularly pleased with himself. I think he's got enough to. Do, uh, I think he's done enough to do it. And boy, if he has done it, this place is going to erupt. Absolutely, it really will. Well, a bit, he'll be erupting like the South African uh, rugby team earlier on today if he gets the uh, victory here tonight. Yeah, you know the, the crowd love him in Manchester. Mm. Well, I've always, I've obviously one of the things I do regret 
is that he never fought um, Terry Flanagan. Obviously, Terry Flanagan was the Man City fan, and they, they went to school together, didn't they? They were both world champions at the same time at lightweight, and they never had the fight. And they could have had a fight at Man City's stadium and Manchester United Stadium, because obviously Crawler is, is a big Reds fan, isn't he? Yeah, he certainly is, and it would have been a huge fight, and it's one of those fights that we will always be talking about who would have won if only that fight was made. Flanagan was a great champion as well, and that would have been one hell of a fight, but we're just going to the scorecards now. I think we're going to find out the result. I believe Corolla's got it. Let's see how no, it goes. We don't know about it. The referee is holding... Uh, the, the right hand of uh, Anthony Crawler and the left hand of Frank Urquiaga, who looks absolutely exhausted. Crawler looking upwards, hoping, praying, yes, he's got the victory. I'm so delighted. I'm so delighted that Matthew Macklin is wrong. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Anthony Crawler has won his 45th and final fight in Manchester. I'm Gareth A. Davis. With me, Spencer Oliver. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. We've discussed the fallout from Taylor Progre last weekend and all that went with it on that brilliant card at the O2 Arena in London. Joining us on the line, a man very close to Regis Progre, one of the legends of boxing from the other side of the pond, the one and only Mr. Lou DiBella. Good evening. Are you in New York, Lou? I actually am. I'm standing outside of the Overthrow Gym where my um, my girlfriend's friend just lost an amateur boxing match. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm standing outside a gym in Brooklyn right now. How appropriate. Nice. And, and what are you wearing? It's obviously been Halloween. So are you dressed as Batman, <laughs> Robin, Catwoman? <laughs> what are you wearing? What have you been wearing this week? The Joker, maybe? I, 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 I'm not in costume, Gareth, but I'm heavily skull-oriented right now. My <laughs> shirt has the skull on it and... Much of what I'm wearing has skulls on it. I bet so you've I got... I'm, I can I'm imagine you... I can just imagine you with a huge spider's web drawn on you with loads of spiders <laughs> crawling over your head. Um, <laughs> um, look, Spencer and I have spoken about uh, the Taylor Progray fight. First of hey, all... Here's my, here's my bottom line on that fight, Gareth. If that fight had taken place in the States, the exact same fight would have been scored for Regis. I have no problem with how the fight wound up being fought in the UK, I thought it was a fight um, that you could debate about. There were debatable rounds. There were probably four or five, uh, four or five rounds that were clear for each guy, and then a couple that were up in the air. Um, I have no problem with the decision because when a fight is that close, um, it's you know it, it, it is what it is. Just celebrate the fight and celebrate the participants. But I think that if those two men fought ten times, it would be a hell of a fight ten times, and um, the same man would not win every time the funny uh, thing is well the funny thing is you know i'm here with spencer and he's a great judge of a fight and who did you have it for because you need to tell lou how you had it for yeah so this is the way that i saw the fight lou that i i had regis winning the fight by two rounds we were scoring at ringside myself johnny nelson i think was uh, had regis up by two rounds as well a lot of those rounds were subjective scoring it's what you went for what you like they were very close to me it was like a fight of two halves i think regis dominated the first half um, and Taylor come back into it. But the final two rounds that Regis won and he did win, the scorecards obviously never said that when I saw the, the official scorecards. But well, he, that, did, you know, that, that he did win the first thing, last two rounds. That's the one thing that bothered me. Yes. I, I didn't have a problem until I saw how the last couple of rounds were scored. They because were I odd. Thought clearly, it was odd because yeah. he won, in my view, the last two rounds. And... I'm going to be, you know, the reason you didn't hear me complain is because I've been doing this a long time. You know, to call something a robbery, it has to be clear. And, and this was an unclear result. You could have had 10 great boxing men in a room. You could have done it on neutral territory, and 10 good boxing men would have debated each other at the end. It was a terrific fight. But I, I thought Regis was down um, by two points going into the last four rounds, and I gave him three of the last four rounds. And I, I, I thought he, um, he, 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 he nipped it by a point or so. Um, but I have no, I have, you know, I'm not going to argue. Josh, let me tell you something. I always respected Josh Taylor, but I, I had seen him against a guy like Regis, and, and I thought Regis's ability to adjust, which I don't think he used very well in the middle of the fight. I think he spent too much time on the inside and played into Taylor's game plan a little bit in the middle of the fight. 
Um, I don't think it was Regis's best night. But I'll tell you this, Josh Taylor earned my, like, he already had my respect, but I now really truly view both of these men as two of the top ten fighters in the world today. Uh, I think both of them are top ten pound-for-pound talent. And I think the differential between these two guys is very, very slim. And, and I think that um, this is the fight, the fight we just saw in, in, in London at the O2 is the fight that I think we're going to see three or four times more in the future. It's Disco Night on TalkSport. No, it's not. It's Fight Night. Of course it is. Me and Spencer, but we are like two disco freaks right now. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. DJ, for getting happy. David Hayes to come into this, didn't he? He did. A little celebration of Mr. David Hayes. God, he's done great things for Derek Chisora. See, I was going to sing this one, but I can't get that high. I, I'm doing the hip shake right now, baby. Yeah. I'm doing the Canelo hip shake. Oh, I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, you're listening to Fight Night and Talk So Let's stop the antics. We need to talk fisties. Here we go. Um, look, uh, in the last segment that we're going to have tonight before we cross over to New York to join Adam Catterall, where he is at Madison Square Garden with the likes of Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, Darren Till, and Kelvin Gastelum. Um, let's talk, first of all, there's a fight on... Th- I guess Tell you what, get your is it Thursday morning here or Friday morning? One of the two, look it up. But the, on Thursday in Tokyo, Japan, the final of the Bantamweights in the um, World Boxing Super Series. We had Regis Progre and Taylor. We've had Callum Smith emerge from it. Alexander Usyk emerge from it as great champions from the World Boxing Super Series. Filipino Flash, Nonito Donaire, takes on the monster, uh, Noya Inui in his home city. Inui has been an incredible champion, arguably in the top three or four pound for pound. He's carried his power up from flyweight and he is an incredible puncher, an incredible knockout artist. Um, Adept, skillful, very accurate. And he's just... He's kamikaze, isn't he? But he just destroys people. He certainly does. You look at him and he doesn't look like he packs a bunch at all. Little skinny guy. But Anue, by the way, is in my top three pound-for-pound fighters in the world right now. Lomachenko being number one, Canelo being number two, and Anue being number three. This guy is going to take some beating. Donaire is a former champion, a great champion. I think he's a former two or three weight champion, um, Nanito Donaire. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah, and he he will go down as one of the greats, but Anoue is the kid that's on the uh, on the rise. He's the one that's coming up, and I expected Anoue to win that fight and win it in scintillating fashion. I really do. I just think this kid's special. Uh, and Noniso Donaire, of course, um, had a great fight with Carl Frampton last year. He lost that one. Um, but Frampton had issues with Donaire late in the fight. Um, Ryan Burnett, who we're going to talk about in the morning, uh, and sorry, in, in a moment rather than in the morning. We, we'll be going soon. We won't be here till the morning. <laughs> uh, ha- though we'd happily talk fights all night. Um, it would be a good night if we could do that. Um, the Ryan Burnett fought him in the semi-finals of these World Boxing Super Series yeah. Yeah. some weight uh, challenges and uh, was injured in the fifth round and had to retire. Um, he's had one fight since, but has called himself into retirement at this stage in his career. He's only 27 years old, but he won um, world titles in... He won... Uh, two sanctioned body world titles mm. um, and was a terrific fighter but my word I remember him when he was 19 and in Ricky Hatton's gym and trying to make his way over here and so dedicated and then he ended up at, uh, under Adam Booth didn't he the Dark Lord as I call him Adam Booth yep. um, training him but he's made a decision, riddled with injuries, to, to walk away from the sport. It must have been very difficult for him at the age of 27. Absolutely. Not even reached his prime. And he was a great little fighter, Ryan Burnett. I always remember meeting Adam Booth at a show, uh, one of the shows that we was doing, and he was there. And Ryan Burnett was just coming through at the time. Ryan Burnett was there, and we was chatting away. And I said, if that kid doesn't win a world title, I'll be blown away. I'd walk away from the sport because I knew how much talent he had as a kid. I spent a bit of time with Ryan, and yeah, just such a multi-talented guy. And it's a tragedy, really, that his career's ended at the age of 27. But you know what? It takes guts to walk away then, to, to admit defeat. You know, I think he picked up a sustained a shoulder injury, a back injury, and his body just wasn't coping with it. And he's made that decision to retire. And, and, and it does take guts to do that at so, such a young, young age. 
I hope he stays involved with the sport somehow. He was a tremendous young talent and, and a credit to him for what he achieved in the, in the sport in such a short space of time. Now it's time to hand over to Adam in New York as he builds up to UFC 244 and Masvidal versus Diaz. Enjoy it. <laughs> This is Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall in New York City tonight, ahead of UFC 244. Can't wait for this to go down. Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz is the main event. The core main event features Britain's own Darren Till taking on Kelvin Gastelum. I've never met Nate before. I've seen him interviewed. I know that he's a guy that just prefers to fight rather than talk. And I, as a fight fan, had put him on a pedestal. And there's certain people that you do put him on that you put on a certain level and you think to yourself, if I ever meet that guy or meet that girl, I just want him to live up to all my expectations. I want him to give me a great interview. I want him to be engaging. Well, let me tell you, all my fears were put aside within 10 seconds of this conversation. Nate Diaz was everything I, I wanted him to be and more. I hope you enjoy this. How close were we to not having you here this week? Um, we were all the way not going to be here or all the way going to be here. <laughs> so his ball was in their court. I've never experienced an athlete, and take this as a compliment, because I've never experienced an athlete deal with what is classed as an adverse finding the way that you dealt with that last week. I know that obviously that's natural to you, the way that you were naturally dealing with it, but do you understand how that now can change the game for other athletes going forward? Yeah, I was curious. Uh, in the beginning, why people who were getting in trouble for these types of things were even, I would say like if, <laughs> if they told me I was in that position taking supplements accidentally or, or even any, anything, I'm like, if, it, if, it's, if you're fucking keeping a big old secret about steroids, you're most likely on them. So uh, just the fact that they were like, it was just a big old hush hush thing. It seemed pretty shady to me, and if you can be shady, you probably are being shady. So, were you not advised though? Obviously, the advice that would have come your way would have been keep this under wraps. We'll deal with it because we've got protocols for that. But you were having none of it. You obviously dealt with that your own your own way. Yeah, because if I'm accidentally on steroids, then and I'm keeping a secret and getting in the cage, that's cheating. So, but many athletes. If I'm a cheat, I'm gonna tell you I'm a cheat, <laughs> straight up. Yeah. But many athletes previous to you have obviously followed those protocols. Maybe they were on steroids. <laughs> so therefore, now you kind of set precedent, which is a good thing. Of course, it is. Yeah. You've now set precedent that that people can, if they're not cheating. Yeah, we're not cheating. Come out and and be honest about it and deal with it in appropriate. Yeah, manners. if you're a part of the secret, you are a cheater. <laughs> yeah. You're keeping a secret from 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 whatever, and, say, and I ain't busting nobody out anyways. Too like I'm just not not gonna be like looking back like oh I should have said something instead of cheating. So do we do we do you sort need to change the way that they are testing athletes? I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, any of it. I, they're doing their job. They're not doing job. That's a part of the job. Yeah. Whatever they're gonna do, they're gonna do. But if they're gonna come at me, tell me I'm so they they should have if they wanted to like get me busted for something, they should have just shut the hell up and not told me, and then told me I was busted afterwards. You know what I'm saying? But um, <laughs> that's how you catch me. See, I just get myself up. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how it works, but they just worked out how it worked out. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 